What a movie. What a movie. Right here's the star of that movie, Mr. Barry Corbin, everybody. Woo. Can you believe this? It's a great day. Well, how'd y'all like that? That is a pretty good little movie. I forgot. I forgot it was that good. I saw it on TV when it first came out, and I, I didn't have an audience, so I didn't know if there was any laughs in it or not. There were a couple. But it was, uh, it was a pleasure to make it. We made that up in uh, southern Colorado, uh, just at the foothills of the Rockies. And uh, it, was a, it was a great time. Uh, I, I don't really know anything, anything much more to say about it, except that I didn't, uh, I didn't, I'd driven two horses before, and I got to the location, and uh, R.L. Talbert, the guy who was the Wagon boss says, Do you drive a six up? And I said, Well, no. He said, What are you going to? I said, We don't have any place for a blind driver, so anytime you saw me driving that coach, it is me. And <laughs> I had three days to learn how to do that. That they asked me, uh, they said, Well, you ride a horse, you know, you ought to, it ought to be easy enough to drive six of them. I said, well, that's like saying to a fellow that drives a motorcycle that uh, you're getting that 18-wheeler and back it up to the loading dock. And uh, that's about what the, <laughs> that's a pretty good uh, approximation of it. I, I'll tell you, I can drive, I can drive one of them, but I can only do it for about five minutes because my hands start cramping up. Those, those, those folks do that on a regular basis. They're, uh, well, Dennis can tell you that, you know. You, your hands grow about, about twice as big as your, as your uh, normal fella's hands. And so I, I couldn't, uh, my forearms and my hands, they just get wore out. And after three days of that, I, I was going around like this. After eat like that it's it's difficult i just pick it up with my hands and shove it in my face uh, you're doing that pretty good with them cookies earlier in that movie too barry oh yeah yeah well you know that was uh those biscuits were about two or three days old they're about like hockey pucks you know <laughs> so, can i have some of that jelly might soften these things up a little bit and the cookies were uh you know, they'd break your teeth. So you never saw me eating any of that stuff. I'd just bounce it on the plate. Well, you're acting. It looked like you really enjoyed oh, them yeah. cookies and biscuits, well, Barry. I, I'm I, not even kidding you. I enjoyed the paycheck. I didn't care anything about the biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to, when I was on that show, I, had, I used to like to sit on a horse rather than sit in one of these canvas chairs. These make me sore. Sitting on the horse was fine. I, I, so I'd get the boss wrangler old, uh, uh, oh, I, everything's slipping my mind now. I'm, I'm getting so old, everything just falls out in my ears. 
But anyway, he, the, the boss wrangler uh, said, he's, uh, he's used to be sitting on the horse and all the, all the wranglers were sitting on kegs and stuff around. And I was sitting up there talking to some, some of them. And the uh, boss wrangler comes over and says, Barry, uh, he's looked around to see who was horseback. He said, Barry, get over there and run up there and kick that bull back over the hill, will you? That old bull coming over the hill. Getting in the shot, and so I said, "All right." And I I kicked the horse into a lope, started up that hill. Let bull looked at us, started pawing up grass and shaking his head. And I said, "Uh oh!" So I pulled back on that horse. Well, he didn't. He wasn't going to have any of it. He thought we was going to a roping. My trouble was I didn't have a rope. And he's going faster and faster, and that bull's pawing that and snorting and carrying on. Finally, the old bull got his tail straight up in there and turned around and went over the hill. So I managed to chase the bull back over the hill, but when I came back down, everybody was around that old, old wrangler, the old boss, yelling at him because they sent an actor off to, do, to chase a bull and you're not supposed to do that because actors aren't supposed to know how to do anything. And that's probably the truth, but uh, we look like we can. So anyhow, that, that was, I, I was saved from disaster on that thing because that bull lost his nerve. I lost my nerve first, but I would, couldn't get the horse to turn around. You mess with the bull, you get the horn. <laughs> There's some truth behind that one. Barry, you do some real cowboying, though, every now and then, I was reading. Yeah. You well, enter I, a lot of cutting horse competitions, or you have in the yeah, past. Yeah, I got to where I like to do that. Uh, you know, that's uh, on the, out on the range, you know, if you if the, the boss is the one that rides the cutting horse, and everybody else rides these half-broke-over things. And uh, so I, I'd get, I used to like to get on a cutting horse every once in a while. I had a pretty good one. He was a, a dock bar, and his sire was, sire was a Skeeto, and, and his dam was a, a reigning horse, my shady chick, and they both did a little bit of good. Mine, uh, my horse's name was Smitty the Kid, and uh, he was uh, built like a tank, but he was short, you know, so you could get on him pretty easy, and he was, uh, but he, he'd hold a cow, but he wasn't catty like these these little Docalina horses, you know. They'll break down in the hawks. You need to have, if, you, if you're fat like me, you need to have a pretty sturdy horse. You break, you break them little ones down. You came from cowboy country, though. You were born and raised in cowboy country. I was born West Texas. Born in Dawson County, Texas, and uh, right outside La Mesa. And I grew up there in La Mesa. My dad is uh, elected county judge there. All the young men were uh, gone to the war, and my dad had polio when he was a kid, and so his right hand was crippled, and he couldn't. Uh, uh, so they, he, he was 4F, but he also had 
had three kids, or he had me, and then he had two others right soon after the war started. So he couldn't get into the war effort. So he decided he was gonna run for, for the county judge. The old county judge was, uh, he was up, up, in, up in years, and he just thought it was a job that he'd always do. And so he didn't even campaign. He just sat up there and he'd uh, mumble to himself. When he was supposed to be making a speech, and you'd see him, he'd be standing up there. My dad get up and make a real fiery speech. He was, uh, he was 21 years old. And he went out to my granddad's farm, said, Dad, I've got, I've got to tell you something. I'm announcing for county judge. My granddad, was, he's on the tractor out there in the field. He started laughing, rolled a little Durham cigarette, and said, well, son, if you get that job, next time I'm going to run for president of the United States. Well, my dad got the job, and granddad didn't run for president of the United States. Then he got to be a senator, and went, we went to Austin. So he was a hot-shot politician until he was 30, and then he got beat, and he decided he, he didn't like that idea, so he quit. Went to, went to being a lawyer. And uh, he did that for the rest of his life until I got to be making movies, and, he, and then he said, well, I'm gonna just quit. You can pay my, pay my mortgage. <laughs> Well, actually, the way it started was I, I went over to the house, went, went back to Lubbock to, right in the middle of the summertime, and he didn't have any air conditioning except in the den where he watched TV. All the rest of the house was hot as blazes, and I said, well, I'm, I'm going to get you some air conditioning in here. He said, no, that'll run my electric bill up too high. And I said, well, all right, well, then have him send it to me. So I paid his electric bill, and pretty soon I'm paying for everything. <laughs> that's what that's what happens when, when people think you're rich, you know. You, they say, well, you know, I've been taking care of you, you take care of me. Well, pretty soon you're taking care of half the country, and you don't know, you don't know how, you, how you got into bankruptcy. But it's pretty easy. <laughs> if you could stand one or two more to take care of on that well, yeah, You know, I'm, my kids are grown now, even though I am still paying child support. Uh, I, one, of my, one of my children is 30, 38, another is 41. Yeah, they're still on the, still on the dole. But uh, they're doing all right, they're doing pretty good. They, they make, uh, they almost make a living. Well, they're trying hard anyway, yeah, seems like. Yeah, they're trying Bless hard. Bless their hearts, Barry. They're trying hard. They get out of pajamas every once in a while. They work from home, you know. During this COVID, everybody worked from home. Nobody's used to getting dressed anymore. You, first thing you know, you're going to see people walking down the street in their underwear because they don't know how to get dressed. They'd be comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Well, how's the heck, how the heck does a boy from Land Passes, Texas? La Mesa, Texas. I mean, La Mesa, Texas. It ain't too far from Land Passes, I don't guess. But <laughs> La Mesa, Texas. How's a boy from La Mesa, Texas wind up in New York City stage acting? 
Well, I, uh, you know, I, I go to these movies uh, at the Majestic Theater there in La Mesa, where I'd uh, watch uh, the Durango Kid, and Lash Larue, and Alan Rocky Lane, and uh, and Bill Elliott, and all those guys. I always liked Bill Elliott. He said, "I'm a peaceable man." That means he's going to fight somebody and beat the devil out of him. But, uh, no, I'd go see those nice and I thought, well, I believe I could do that. I don't really want to be a cowboy because they get up before dawn and go, to, and they go to bed about dusk. and They don't ever have much fun except uh, getting to ride horses. Well, I could do that in the movies and I could get paid a living wage, uh, I thought. And... Uh, so then that's, so that's kind of what I, I decided I'd like to do when I was about seven years old. And I never grew up. I still hadn't grown up. You can ask my wife over there, she'd tell you I never grew up. Speaking about your wife, you married way above your head, just about like I did, Barry. You bet, you bet I did. She's a, She's one of the best, oh. coolest ladies I've ever met. Yeah, she's the best one. She can keep me in line, too. She just has to look at me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Bob. Yeah, well, that was my first movie. I'd been, uh, up to that time, I'd been doing dinner theater and regional theater and all kind of stuff. But uh, I went in and I was, I was dressed kind of like I am now because I was, uh, I did, I wrote this play that I, I was going to produce in LA and I was going to play the lead and then I was going to get a big career. Well, I was right down the road from Paramount, and uh, they, my agent called me and said, go into Paramount. They want to see you for this, this movie called Urban Cowboy. So I said, well, all right. So I went down slopping down there, and uh, I, I saw uh, Jim Bridges, who was the director, and, and uh, uh, the casting director and the writer, all these people. And uh, I, I read a scene for them, and uh, they said, well, thank you very much, we'll be in touch, which usually means uh, if, if you see them on the street, they don't know you. But uh, they did call me finally and said they wanted me to do it, but I had to come in and meet John. And I said, who's John? <laughs> they said, a fellow named John Travolta. I said, oh, isn't he in that, uh, in that TV show where he plays a high school student and he's a smart aleck? He said, yeah, but he's going to play the, the uh, petrochemical worker who rides a mechanical bull in this one. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, and so I went in and, and he... He was real nice. He said, we're going to have a lot of fun on this. And I said, yeah, I imagine you are. Well, I was still dressed in that old sloppy hat and my old wore-out boots and everything. The director said, well, now that you've met, John just left, you know. I said, after you've met, we might as well go over to wardrobe and get fitted for a new hat and, some new, and break some new boots in. And you can just leave those, the ones you're wearing there, because we'll use them in the movie. And I said, oh. 
thought, well, that's a sneaky way to get a hold of my wardrobe. But uh, they gave me a pair of nice lizard skin boots, Tony Llama, and a nice uh, resist all hat. And I thought, well, this is a pretty good trade anyway. I get, get, get some new duds out of it. So I left, and that's the last I heard from them. Then a month, about two weeks later, they called and said, you need to be in Houston uh, on some uh, particular time. And uh, I said, okay, well, all right. And they uh, told me what I was going to get paid, my agent did. I said, is that good? Because I had no idea. She said, no, but it's good for the first one. We'll make more on the rest of them. I said, oh, well, all right, good. So I went to Houston, and they gave me a handful of money. I thought that was my paycheck, just a handful of cash. And I thought, well, this is a good way of doing it. And so uh, I found out that that was my per diem. That's what I was supposed to live on. Well, I lived on it. And I, I felt like I was a rich man living on that because it paid more than any stage show I ever did. And so I, I put, had all my money put in the bank in California. When I got back to California, I bought a house. I never had a, I never had a trailer house before. I always lived in shacks and apartments and stuff, but I bought a house. And so I'm a middle, I'm a middle class fella which means I got to pay taxes now. <laughs> Get in real trouble that way. Because you think, well, maybe I'll just put that off. I'll put that off a while. Uh-uh, no, no. They'll, they'll, they'll come visit you. And when they come visit you, they'll look around on the walls and say, how much is this worth? How much are your horses worth? I said, well, them whole things. Yeah, I said, I said, I, I, you know, they're about ready for the glue factory, but I hate to send them, so I just keep feeding them. More sentimental than anything. Yeah, yeah, and if you, uh, if, I, I mean, you'd be doing me a favor if you took them, but uh, I know, I'm, I don't want to say They're going to cost you more to take care of than they're worth, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will Rogers one time said, uh, they, they said he was a gentleman farmer because he, uh, he made his money, most of his money in entertainment. He said, no, 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 I, I, I'll tell you what, I hate horses. I just hate horses. And the only reason I keep any horses is because my fans expect me to. I can't stand them. But people got used to me being around horses, so I've got to keep them. That's the only way I can keep my image up. Otherwise, I couldn't pay you a penny in taxes. And so they <laughs> said, okay, well, your farming is part of your business, so that's all right. We can count that. Hey, you know Will Rogers' fav favorite horse came from Osage County, Oklahoma, Barry? Soap Suds. Soap Suds came right from the Carter family right yes, here. Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. And yeah. his other favorite horse, Bootlegger, came from here, too, both of them. Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. He... That's, that's a pretty cool deal. Yeah. You know that, uh, uh, did you ever see... Uh, uh, Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's Court with Will Rogers. Yes, sir. The, most, a good the most famous one is with uh, Bing Crosby, and that's not any good. The one with Will Rogers, he's, uh, he, uh, they're going to fight this night. 
and he comes out on a little cattle pony, you know. Little that was Jimmy Rogers' horse. Jimmy, he borrowed Jimmy Rogers' horse to fight that night. He come out with a rope and just just uh, bedeviled that night. And that night couldn't didn't know where he was. It was he was all over the place. And I just trying to, trying to find him. They finally roped him off his horse. You know, I noticed in that urban cowboy, you were a dancing twinkle toes fool over there to all that good country music. Oh, yeah. As many bars as I've been in, I, I can't even play pool or dance, Barry. I'm real <laughs> jealous of your dancing Well, skills. I was, uh, you know, I'm probably the only fella uh, who grew up in Lubbock, Texas, who uh, at the same time was, I was working the uh, uh, midnight to eight shift on the, on an oil rig, on the drilling rig. And then I'd go home, get a couple of hours sleep, and go, go over to this uh, ballet master's class. Eugene Banzavicius was his name. And the rich oil man there in Lubbock went over to uh, Lithuania and hired the best ballet master he could find and told him he'd come over to Lubbock and he'd set him up in the studio and he'd pay him a lot of money if he'd teach his daughter how to dance ballet because that's what she wanted to do. Well, this old boy didn't want to send her to New York to learn anything. He wanted to bring, bring the ballet master to Lubbock because she'd get in trouble going somewhere else. Uh, and uh, so he had trouble getting guys that were strong enough to lift the girls. There were some guys there, but they weren't uh, powerful enough to lift the girls. Well, I was working on an oil rig and I could lift the girls. And I knew that I wanted to be around girls. <laughs> and so I took his free lessons. I, was, I, I danced in a recital, I danced the Prince in Swan Lake. Carried this woman round over my head the whole time. And uh, so I'm the only fella from Lubbock who at the same time was, uh, uh, was studying ballet and, and uh, drilling for oil. <laughs> and I didn't let too many people know uh, on the one hand that, that I was in, on, the, on the oil rig, I didn't let anybody know I was studying ballet and in the ballet class, I didn't let anybody know I was working on the oil rig. Barry, they have the spring recital right here next year. Yeah. All my girls do the ballets here. Yeah. Come, well, I need you to come back. I'll, do I'll, some uh, twirling uh, rounds and stuff up there. Show them how it's done. I'm, I'm too old now. I don't believe it. No, I could do it in cowboy boots back in the old days. Did you that? have ballet slippers? Uh, yeah, I used to wear tights. <laughs> tights and stand around like this. I bet you look magnificent in them. Oh, it's a magnificent sight. <laughs> I didn't mean to run y'all off. <laughs> See a rewrite? Barry, you starred in one of the most famous cowboy movies of all time. <clears throat> Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Lonesome Dove, yeah. Roscoe Brown. I like to find Texas, but how do I find July? <laughs> Let's do the whiskey boat one too for him. Yeah. On a whiskey boat. <laughs> <laughs> what about when you? What about when they were? He caught the old uh, mountain man beating up that girl. Don't, don't, don't go hitting on that girl. 
I was a very effective hero. Roscoe Brown, one of the most memorable characters from Lonesome Dove. It's just, uh, it's just that's, that's such a powerful, powerful movie for the Western way of life. It has it, has it all. Oh, it, it's, it's a, I read that book uh, before they even thought about making a miniseries out of it. And uh, I called my agent. I said, there's going to be a book that they're going to make a miniseries out of. And I've got to be a part of it. I don't care what part or anything. Well, I worked. Uh, I, I got to be Roscoe Brown. I had to forget I knew how to ride to start with. They put me on the horse that would babysit me, and I just sat there, right, plowing, plow raining him and all this stuff. He put up with me, and uh, a little girl had to save me. She had to throw rocks at the bad guys to save me because I couldn't save myself. They, they got me. Anybody could have buffaloed me. But uh, it was a great experience. But the good thing about it was I, I, was, I went in for two weeks or three weeks and shot most of my stuff. Then I went away for three and a half months, I think. Did three other movies. And uh, I came back. When I left, everybody was so happy. They were just thrilled to be doing this thing. And then they got, I got back and everybody's mad and looking at each other hard and wanting to fight somebody and they didn't care who. And everybody's looking at me hard. I said, what in the world is going on here? So I took uh, uh, Tim Scott, who was my friend. Uh, he was, uh, he played P.I. I took him to- Great to, character in that movie. To buy a hamburger, and I said, Tim, what is going on here? When I left, everybody was just as happy as they, they could be, and now they're all sore as a boil. What's going on here? And he said, uh, cattle drive. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, that'd do it. I, had, I, I did the whole miniseries of Lonesome Dove and never saw a cow. If you, if you try to drive cattle all that way, it, it turns into a grouch. Uh, they tried, they, they were gonna run a herd of cattle from Fort Worth to, to Montana. And uh, this was back in, in uh, all the late 90s and they wanted me to ride with them. I said, no, I'm not gonna ride with you, but when you get into Oklahoma, I'll fly up there and, and uh, you can pick me up at the airport and I'll ride with you for a day and then I'll sleep in the motel at night. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna trail drive those things, sleep on the ground, eat dirt and all that. I just, I, I'm, I'm too old, let's don't do that. Well, they did it, but I didn't, I, I ended up, got busy, thank God. I didn't have to join them. Back when I was rodeoing around hay hauling time, I tried to make sure I was rope, roping my best so I didn't have to go oh, home yeah. and do that stuff. Yeah, really. that's it. So you, you gotta, you know, you gotta stay competitive so you can avoid work. Especially around hay hauling time. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, the fellow that wrote that book, Barry, he's a heck of a book writer. Yeah. Coincidentally, he wrote the last picture show that our favorite man from right here in Osage County, That's right. Ben Johnson won, won the Academy, Academy Award, Award for it. 
And uh, he, he, he always said, uh, said, he said, I'm the only, per, only cowboy that won an Academy Award. And I also won the world champion team rope. He said, so I'm a, I'm a double winner. Nobody won those two things. Well, I'm th I, I thought about trying to, trying to go out and be a world champion steer roper so I could, I could do both. But uh, no, I'm not going to. My rotator cuff won't work. Yeah, that'll get, that'll get to you sometimes, yeah. Barry. Yeah. Those old rotator cuffs. Yeah. Slow yeah. you down. You had high hopes to hit the road. Yeah. I know. Well, your your wife might outrope you though on that deal. Oh, she'd uh, so. yeah, she'd she'd <laughs> I, I couldn't compete with her. She's a trick roping dude. Yeah. She's the best in the world. She's a great one. Yeah. Yes, sir. Barry. Let's ask Ben let's, Johnson. Let's see if anybody wants to ask a question. Yes, sir. You got it. Hey, does anyone want to ask Barry a question in here? Anything. There's nothing off the table for Barry today. There you go. Yes, sir. To work with who? What what kind of old fella is Sam Elliott? Sam Elliott. Well, Sam, uh, Sam and I have been friends for years. And uh, he, uh, he gets nervous with a crowd of people. If he was here, and they asked him to come up here, he'd run for the bathroom. <laughs> he don't like to be in front of a crowd of people. But uh, when he gets nervous, they'd call me in on the ranch and uh, come in and calm him down. And uh, so I was kind of the, I was kind of the, the Prozac for <laughs> Sam Elliott. <laughs> If he came to town, it'd be like the Beatles coming to town, all these oh, yeah, ranch yeah. women out you here know, running really over Sam get, Elliott. They really get excited because they think he's really this guy like that, like the one you just saw. Uh, but he's, uh, he's, he's really just a, uh, you know, mild-mannered kind of a nice fella. You know, you don't, uh, I, I, I said one time, I always had kind of a crush on Catherine Ross, but I never acted on it because I never saw Sam lose a fight. <laughs> and uh, Sam said, hell, you can take me. You got me by 40 pounds, which is right, I do. I can uh, lose a little weight and maybe, maybe make it an even fight, I don't know. Anybody else? Anything you want, yeah. yes, ma'am. One person do it. I'm, I'm sorry, my my hair. Barry, who's the work. who's your favorite actor to work with out of all the 200 movies and television shows you've done? Oh Lord, if I, you had I, to pick I one, uh, I couldn't say. I, Ernie Borgnine was one one of the best guys to work with that I ever knew. Ernie, when he was in his 90s, uh, he never went to his dressing room. He'd have an apple box, you know, one of these things you stand on if you're real short. He'd have an apple box and set it up on the end, and he'd sit there right under the camera, watching everything. If he was in the scene, if he wasn't in the scene, he'd just he'd watched everything. Big grin on his face. 
he was the happiest man I ever met. And uh, also one of the most generous fellows. So I guess Ernie would be one of them. But uh, there's, there's so many that I, I've enjoyed working with. Almost everybody, as far as the actors go, there's some producers that I won't, I won't even cross the street if they were laying there on fire. <laughs> but uh, most of the actors I get along with real good. Yes, sir? Movie or TV? Movie uh, or TVs? Do I prefer movie or TV? Uh, I, no, I don't I have a real preference. It's just whatever the story is. I go for the story. I don't care whether it's a movie, TV, stage, whatever it is. I like the, uh, you know, I'm a, basically a storyteller, so that's what, what I look for. Here's one right. right here. Oh, I'm sorry. We'll get to you right after these ladies right here. Ladies first. All right. My favorite uh, for me to ride? Oh, some of the old, uh, 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 old dock bar, you know, the, 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 those big tank-like creatures. I do like uh, I do like the little Lena's because they're they're real catty and they're a lot of fun to ride, but I always feel like I'm too big for them, you know. I feel like I might hurt them because they don't care. I mean, they're going they don't care for carrying a gorilla. They're going to carry you and they're going to do do their job. Somebody asked Buster Welch one time said. Uh, Said, well, then we get to cut. You you cut the, the calf, but then you, when you drop your hand, you you just turn it over to the horse, right? He said, well, about eighty percent of the time. But he said that the other twenty percent of the time, you don't got to know exactly what to do, and you got to do it yesterday. So it's uh, you know you don't have time to really uh, make a decision. You just have to react and. It's uh, it's it's interesting to to have you know you you want to let them go, but if you don't know the horse, then uh, you you might do a little a little of that, you know, and uh, hopefully the judge won't see you. <laughs> yes, sir. Your question right here. I enjoyed it for the first uh, four seasons, first three seasons. And then they changed producers and the guy didn't like the show and started trying to change it and make things uh, real weird. And uh, I, I didn't care for that. So we, we had a kind of falling out there toward the end. And uh, we had, uh, uh, they well, I, I won't go into all the all the warlike stuff we did. They'd, they'd, try to, they'd try to outsmart me and then I'd try to outsmart them. It's more of a, con a contest between me and the producers than a television show at the end. This guy right here. Yo. Uncle Bob. I want to say that even though 
no idea what your name. Whenever I can see you at a movie, you just light up the screen. When you come on, it's just very enjoyable to watch you on the screen. Well, I appreciate it. Whether it's a big part or a little part, it's just very enjoyable to watch you. And I just wanted to say that I'm a true fan, even though you're the uncle of the Oregon Cowboys, but I know your name. <laughs> well, you might write. <laughs> might write my name down so you remember it. But <laughs> I've, I've learned it and forgot it five, six times in the last. Week. Well, I do that. I do that with my kids, so you know. <laughs> Uh, no, sir, but I know all his family, all his kids, and, and uh, his, uh, his uh, ex-wife or his, his widow. And uh, so I know, I know all of them, but I never did meet him. I got out to California in 77, and he, let's see, I think he died in 79. Yeah. You betcha. Right. Barry, they got, a big, they got a big dinner with you happening here in just a, just moments away now. You're going to be yeah. sitting down, having a long conversation, dinner with some folks. What are we going to eat? I don't know. You don't get a physique like this by being picky, though, Barry. Yeah, yeah. Barry? Well, you know, Will Rogers used to say when he'd, he, he was invited to speak at dinners all the time, he said, when I land, as soon as I land, I get in the car with my driver and I have him, I have him stop by a chili parlor so I can have some chili. So I, if they bring him rubber chickens out, I don't have to eat one of them. You know, uh, a lot of people were saying, Barry Corbin, it's a lot like Ben Johnson, you know. Barry Corbin plays Barry Corbin very well. Barry Corbin played. I'm going to tell you folks what. I was witness to something just the other day, and uh, Barry Corbin can play just about anything. Barry, I was wondering, just going to ask you a favor, if you can relay what you did for me the other day to this live audience right here. It's one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. Let's do it. All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances, and each man in his time plays many parts, his acts being seven ages. At first, the infant, mewling and puking in his nurse's arms, then the schoolboy, with his satchel and shining morning face, creeping like snail, unwillingly to school. Then the lover, sighing like a furnace, with a woeful ballad writ to his mistress, eyebrow. Then the soldier, full of strange oaths, Bearded like the pard, jealous in honor, sudden, quick in quarrel, seeking the bubble reputation even in the cannon's mouth. Then the justice in fair round belly with good cape on line, 
with eyes severe and beard of formal cut, full of wise saws, modern instances. And so he plays his part. The last age shifts into the lean and slippered pantaloon with spectacles on nose, pouch on side, his youthful hose well saved, a world too wide for his shrunk shank. And so he plays his part. The next age shifts into mere oblivion. Son's teeth, son's taste, son's eyes, son's everything. Mr. Barry Corbin, everybody. Yeah.